Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all, from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that was surrounded by police just this morning. That's true. Did you see the cops outside? No. You didn't? There's cops outside. I was working, sir. I was working too, but I was also gawking at the police officers. No, I didn't. What was going on? Oh. They weren't. They have not come to arrest me yet. So okay. that's the only thing I can rule out for now. Uh, whoa, golly. Uh, my name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing <laughs> editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting in this particular chair sitting over there she is the duchess of the dorks she's uh she's quickly becoming the biggest star in sports media she's ashley pickle i don't even know what you're talking about i'm sorry what are you doing tonight i am calling a game Mm. i am adding color commentary to trevor bullard's call of the game today is thursday september 30th 2021 56 days till thanksgiving happy birthday to t-pain Oh, yeah. Let's go. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. We found a good one. T-Pain is 37 today. Hell, yeah. Happy birthday, T-Pain. Happy birthday, T-Pain. I hope he's doing... I genuinely hope he's doing well. Dude, he got the people going. He got me. I I genuinely enjoy T-Pain. That's a man... That's a man I wish happiness on. Yeah, I I, could not agree more. I I wish happiness on T-Pain. Happy birthday, T-Pain. Hope you have a good one. That is a good one. This episode 1,252. On today's show, guys, big show. We got, we're got. we going to tell you what to stream this week in our Buck Groove Guide, tell you what to watch, how to spend the entire weekend on your uh, couch. Then we're going to be joined by our good buddy, the Dave Campbell's Text Football Small College Insider. Corey Hogue is going to be joining us here to talk a little bit about small colleges, including, uh, obviously, we had Tim McMurray from AM Commerce on the show yesterday. We're going to talk about their move. And then I, I want to ask him about the other side of it, which is what happens to Lone Star Conference now? This is a a big blow to them. It's a big blow to the Lone Star Conference. We'll talk about that with Corey Hogue coming up here uh, in a moment. Back half of the show, we've got the picks, my high school football predictions for week six of the Texas high school football season. We'll round it all out with our college football burning questions, wherein I ask Pickle, hey, Pickle, Mm -hmm. you kept going bowling? 
We'll answer that coming we'll up see. here in the back half of the show. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Rob Hadaway, Nicholas Morton, and Ryan Smiga. Welcome in, fellas. Howdy, 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 my friends. A lot to get to. Um, so we are going to start with our streaming preview. That's probably the the. Oh, nice... we were starting with Honda. Oh, are we? We That's are. That's what you wrote. Oh, I did not. <laughs> first thing on there is Butt Groove Guide. No. Oh. It's okay. Let's start with Honda. Let's talk about our friends at Honda. <laughs> do you, you want to do that? Yeah. You want to talk about our friends at Honda? Hey, Dave Campbell's Texas Football has partnered with the North Texas Honda dealers to honor community helpers from across North Texas. Texas is so fortunate to have so many great individuals that give back to their community in so many different ways. Thanks to the support of the, of the helpful North Texas Honda dealers, we have the opportunity to shine a light on a few very deserving individuals. Uh, a shout-out to Becky Gerard rather, rather, at uh, Melissa high school thank you for being helpful in your community she is the recipient of our uh north texas honda dealers uh you know a community helper award we appreciate him she will be honored at the melissa versus argyle game on friday congratulations to becky gerard of melissa thank you for being helpful in your community and thank you to north texas honda dealers for helping us shine a light on community helpers across the state of texas okay now can we do our streaming guide yeah okay let's talk about our streaming guide Butt Groove Guide. Wherein we tell you how to spend the entire weekend on your couch. Because uh, that's what you need to do. Uh, your, your, your significant other and your, your children, uh, and maybe your grandchildren, they all want you to be happy. They I think do. that's fair, right? Oh, yeah. And where are you the, the happiest? In your butt group guide. On your couch. Yeah. On your couch watching football. So we're going to tell you how to watch football all weekend. Uh, and, and it's a good slate of games, uh, if you're, uh, especially on our, with our friends at TexanLive.com. TexanLive.com is where you can stream a lot of these games. We will start tonight, Thursday. Dateline. So here's the thing. We start off with, there's, there's I believe, six games tonight. Seven games tonight on TexanLive.com. Yeah, it's a big Thursday slate, Big actually. Thursday slate. Um, at 6 o'clock, you can do Taylor and Seven Lakes. Katie Taylor Katie Seven Lakes. That has a... Um, that game, you, you're probably you may be shooing it away like who cares, whatever. Um, I would not. This game has major implications in District 196A, um, for Seven Lakes and Taylor. So keep an eye on this one. Uh, and it figures to be a pretty good game. Major implications there in 196A. You can start off at six o'clock with Katie Taylor and Katie Seven Lakes. Six thirty, Cy Lakes and Cy Park. Look, I'm not going to tell you um that this is going to be a great game. Uh, because Cypress Park is a uh, pretty considerable favorite in this one. One may argue they are, in fact, the biggest favorite in the state this week. But it's a game at 6.30, and you can watch it. You can either do that, or you can do Bridgeland and Cy Woods. Um, Bridgeland and Cy Woods is probably the, the better play here. Uh, Cy Woods, I think, is better than their 2-2 two and two record indicates. You can watch hashtag Maximum Bears uh, with, the, uh, with the Bridgeland there. Remember, we're working under the assumption you have a maximum of three screens. So we're talking TV, computer, phone. Um, so, yeah, you can fill up your screens at 6.30, um, Taylor Seven Lakes probably the most consequential game. Yeah. Bridgeland Sidewoods may be the best game. Cy Park Cy Lakes is an opportunity to see a state ranked team in Cy Park. So those would be the way that I break those down. But then seven o'clock rolls around. Oh God! At seven o'clock you need to clear the decks. Okay, clear the decks. <laughs> I knew this was coming. You only need one screen, guys. Ugh. To watch Tom Ball Memorial and Klein Kane, <laughs> Chase Snyder on the call. Great game there. 
uh, get an opportunity to see Klein Kane. I think it's a really fun matchup there. Tom Ball Memorial and uh, and Klein Kane going at it tonight. Um, Kane's your favorite. Tom Ball Memorial is one of those teams that they're two and three. I think they're better than uh, they have. They've caught. They've they've hit the skids recently. I think mm-hmm. they're better than their record indicates. But a big game there for for between Klein Kane and Tom Ball Memorial. I guess there's another game. Um, which game would you recommend the people tune in for, Pickle? I I'm gonna agree with Tom Ball and, and Klein Kane. Tom Ball Memorial and Klein Kane. Is that right? That's mm-hmm. the only game you'd recommend? Or you can join Trevor Bullard and I on the call Whoa! for Cinco Ranch and Maid Creek. A, a 196A brawl there in uh, in KDI. That's right! Katie Maid Creek and Katie Cinco Ranch. Another critical game in District 196A. Mm-hmm. Kicking off at 7 o'clock. Let's start here. Good game, and I think that you should tune in for this because I think it has an opportunity to again have major implications and be a uh, you know Katie Made Creek is two and two, uh, Cinco Ranch is obviously very pivotal to the way that 196A shakes out with regards to where Katie goes Division One or Division Two. So tune in for a good game. Also tune in for the professional <laughs> color commentary debut of our Duchess. Yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, hopefully well, it'll be a and, good game. And you're working with a pro there, in, in yeah. Um, oh, dude, if I if I mess in, up, Trevor's, Trevor Trevor's going to yeah. carry it. So he'll, he'll, no no sweat off my back. But <laughs> seven o'clock, I I mean this sincerely. Mm-hmm. I will be watching. Oh, I know you will. I'll be watching. <laughs> I'm going to be getting hate mail on my you Twitter all not. night. No, get this chick off. <laughs> Everyone, if you're watching tonight, send pickle. A, 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 a selfie of you watching the game. <laughs> send Pickle at Ashley underscore Pickle 12 a selfie of you watching the game and send her some encouragement. Mm, thank you. Uh, you're going to do great. I'm excited. Uh, It'll be good. You've got, you've got the... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. We'll get to Friday in a moment. The thing about this... I'm not worried about your football brain. you got plenty of football brain. That's mm-hmm. you got football brain to spare. The only issue is doing color is just such a different muscle memory yeah. than what you're used to because you're a reporter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You are like, I sit here and I tell you uh, the, the the who, what, where, and when, yeah. right? Uh, and then now you've got to tell them the how and the why. Yeah, fundamentally, I'm more play-by-play minded than I am right. color minded. That's the only thing I'm worried about with you is like, are you going to be able to get into that mindset, which is just a different, it's a different muscle. Oh, it's yeah. a different muscle. Yeah. It's like, I'm not worried about you knowing what's happening. On field. <laughs> you got big football brain. But like, like, like I'm going to do color in a couple of weeks, uh-huh. right? For one of the games. That's the thing I'm concerned about. I'm not worried about knowing things about football. Right. I'm worried about being able to turn into color commentator, which is just such a different thing. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why Craig's so remarkable is that he can do both. Uh-huh. He can do anything. So, yeah. Anyway, let's move. So, 7 o'clock tonight, Maid Creek, <laughs> Cinco Ranch. Uh, on Texan Live on TexanLive.com, you can listen to Ashley Pickle on yep. Color Commentary. Because I got to hightail it down the uh, okay, road do. stadium. Yeah. <laughs> Friday! Dateline! I mean, here's the cool thing. Six o'clock rolls around on TexanLive.com, and you have maybe a top, at least a top three game in, in the state this week. Mm-hmm. And Katie and Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Six o'clock. Six o'clock, guys. That's great, man. You can you can so, get home from work and instantly turn your TV on. The way that they do it is because Legacy Stadium and Road Stadium, um, I believe it's Legacy. Yeah, Legacy Stadium and Road Stadium uh, share a parking lot, mm-hmm. and so they stagger it so that like traffic's not an absolute nightmare. Um, so yeah, Katie and Tompkins starts at six o'clock. No excuse, right? Then at six thirty, Houston and Tulsa kicks off on ESPN. Now I am I have come out 
strongly against Friday night college football. Yes. I'm against Friday night college football. I'm against Friday night NFL football. I'm against Friday night XFL football, CFL football. Clear the decks for high school football. Friday night belongs to them. If you are at home and you want to flip on Houston and Tulsa, you can. It's a good game. Big game for Tul- big game for Houston rather on the road at Tulsa in a in a critical AAC showdown. So mm-hmm. that game's six thirty. Seven o'clock. I mean, look, you're gonna have to set one screen aside. So you're gonna need at, at one point you're gonna be going three wide. Mm-hmm. And and the, the 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 obvious thing to do here is to go college on one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay, with Houston and Tulsa. And then Katie and Katie versus Katie Tompkins and Spring versus Westfield. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are the three big games. Okay. If you're not interested in the college side, that just may not be your game. You may be like, you know what? I don't want to watch I don't want to watch college I'll football save until that Saturday. For Saturday. I'll save that yeah. for Saturday. That's fine. WFAA.com has Argyle and Melissa. Uh, our buddy Mike Leslie on the call. Um, our WFAA.com has uh, Argyle and Melissa, number one versus number eight in four A Division One. Critical game there. If you need another game between besides that, if one of those games just doesn't necessarily tickle your fancy, 6.30 p.m., uh, Chapel Hill at Lindale is probably the play there. That's probably the play. Although you could also go 7 o'clock, Humble Summer Creek, and Houston C.E. King, a matchup of unbeatens. You have no excuse not no. to sit on your couch. Unless you're at a game. It's but a also really sit on your couch. Week down in or if you're at a game, stream a game on your phone. Yes. Anyway, lot to offer there. Here's, here is the play. 6 o'clock, Katie and Tompkins. 6.30, uh, Houston and Tulsa. 7 o'clock, uh, Westfield and Spring. Okay, mm-hmm. Those are your three screens. They're spoken for at that point. If one of those games is out of hand or you're not interested in one of the, those games, the next play would be something like um, Summer Creek and C.E. King, King yeah. or Chapel Hill and Lindale. Mm-hmm. If you want some East Texas in your life. Anyway, that is... Uh, that's what we're getting dealing with on Friday. Let's matriculate to Saturday. Dateline. Saturday, you're gonna wake up early. You're gonna watch TCU in Texas on ABC. Yes. It's the only eleven o'clock game in the, in, in the oh, eleven nice. o'clock. Um, so you can focus in. And happy for Craig that he can maybe get a night's rest. <laughs> no, it's eleven a.m. kick. Well, I know, but he doesn't have to travel oh, back to Austin. Yeah. I guess that's true. He gets an extra like hour, hour. and a half of sleep. <laughs> Which or with something. him I feel like probably goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, so that's eleven o'clock. Two thirty. Um, tech and West Virginia are on. It's a huge game for tech. Yeah. Like they have to bounce back. They've got to bounce back. On the road against a beatable West Virginia team that did give that problematically did give Oklahoma a lot of trouble last week. That's at 2.30 on ESPN2. 3 o'clock, if you're a real sicko, you can watch SMU beat the tar out of South Florida, if you're into that thing. That's on ESPNU. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna crush them. Oh, absolutely. South Florida's just not very good. Um, South Florida used to be really good. 5 o'clock, if you're, an, if, if you're also another sicko, five, like the, the five, five, thir- 5 to 5.30 slate is really for you. Okay, 5. Because you got UTSA at, uh, at home against UNLV. UNLV's bad, guys. UNLV's real bad, and UTSA should run away from them. So if you're real sicko, you can turn that in. You can also tune, tune into Rice and Southern Miss. That's on ESPN3. Um, a critical game for Rice. Uh, got to get this win. Got to gotta, gotta bounce back and, and, and show some defensive signs. So then 6 o'clock rolls from. So 6 o'clock, we got two games on, on TexanLive.com. Stratford at, versus Cy Ridge and Cy Springs and Lincoln Creek. Mm-hmm. You've also got uh, the the ranked matchup between Baylor and Oklahoma State. Uh, a real prove-it game, I think, for both these programs. As well as you've got number 15 
Texas A&M looking to bounce back at home against Mississippi State. Mike Leach coming back to Texas. Those are your things. And then 8 o'clock uh, on ESPN Plus, get the wallet out, UTEP and Old Dominion. Yeah. 8 o'clock. Um, do we have a late, late, late game? Let me see. Let me go to LSU football. LSUfootball.net slash TV schedule dot HTM. Do we have a late, late, late game? Our latest game, we do have a we do have a Hawaii game, ten o'clock CBS Sports Network, Fresno at Hawaii. Um, if you're into that kind of thing and you need some late night entertainment, it'll go into the wee hours. Uh, but that's Saturday. Anyway, that is how you can spend your entire weekend on your couch working on your butt groove. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's our subscription package. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. If you can become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Please do that. Pickle, next up on my rundown, it says we are doing the... Oh, we're talking to Corey. Oh, that's next. So we're waiting to get Corey Hogue on the phone. Good. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. See, I have the Honda thing switched. It's fine. Anyway, we got weird things going on. A lot to talk about this week, though. A lot to talk about, especially there's big news in the college football world, in the small college football world. Uh, and here to talk about it, we are joined by the uh, small college insider for Dave Campbell's Texas football. We're joined by our good buddy, Corey Hogue. Corey, how are you, my man? I'm doing great, Greg. It's, it's great to talk to you again. Buddy, it's it's great to have you on, as always. Uh, whenever all this news was breaking as far as A&M Commerce moving up to Division One, you were in my phone blowing me up uh, about yeah. it, and I knew we had to get you on to break down exactly what this means. So so let's talk first and foremost about A&M Commerce. Um, we talked with Tim McMurray yesterday, the athletic director there at A&M Commerce. He kind of laid out the rules or laid, laid out the, uh, the, the reasoning behind it. Uh, from your perspective... Um, for A&M Commerce, what does this move mean for them to move up to Division One into the Southland? You know, first off, I, I, I think you will agree with me that we would rather than not release news like that at 6.30 on a Friday night. Yeah, not cool, guys. Uh, <laughs> it would help us out a lot. But uh, the, the thing with Commerce, I think they see the winds of change blowing. And honestly, when you look at the financials of Division One versus Division Two. It's all these teams are in schools are almost unable to keep up in Division Two anymore, and so I think this gives Commerce a chance to be progressive and to move forward. They saw Tarleton do it; they're both part of the A and M system, and uh, so the A and M system seemed real progressive in this as well. Uh, and and obviously this has major impacts for two conferences as well. Uh, for the Southland, who had just lost four teams moving over to the WAC, the Fort, the Texas Four, uh, as well as uh, for the Lone Star Conference, which now loses their last charter member, the last team that was that has been there since the beginning with A and M Commerce. So let's talk a little bit about where these two conferences stand. I guess let's start first and foremost with with the Southland. What does adding a team like A and M Commerce mean for them? And, and and are there more moves on the horizon? Do you think? I think there are. I think this process of uh, of realignment is going to take a while. We're talking another couple of years of this coming together because the Southland was really destabilized with the, the movement of so many teams. Plus, Central Arkansas went a-sun. 
And, and now yesterday or earlier this week, there was talks between McNeese and UIW with the WAC because the WAC is still looking to expand as well, and they may not want to tr- transition school. So the Southland needs schools, and I'm hearing there's another D2 school in Oklahoma that's really close, maybe a couple of FCS schools uh, in Texas close to, to making that jump as well. Uh, but what commerce brings to them is stability, which they need so much at this time when, you know, the winds of change. Look at the Ohio Valley Conference all across the FCS right now. It's just a lot of changes, a lot of uncertainty, and this gives them a little bit more of that certainty they need. Well, and, and, and speaking of uncertainty, we, we've got to talk about the Lone Star Conference, which now uh, this feels like a huge blow to the Lone Star Conference that now in the span of a couple of years, losing Tarleton and A&M Commerce uh, kind of in quick succession. Uh, where does the Lone Star Conference stand right now? And, and, and is, I mean, I kind of view this as something that they've got to find a way to stop the bleeding. Am, am I misguided in, in that kind of read on it? Not at all. I mean, you you hit it on the head. There's a lot of angst right now in the Lone Star Conference, not just in the conference office, but amongst some of the other schools that are kind of seeing, reading the tea leaves as well. You know, now the first thing Lone Star Conference has to worry about is being an AQ school for Division Two, mm-hmm. and, and that has been requiring eight teams in the past. So they're going to need someone. So who do they look to? I'm hearing possibility of a New Mexico Highlands because they don't need a transitioning member to get AQ qualified. They need somebody in that New Mexico Highlands may be the only current D2 school that would be ready to because you got to remember Oklahoma legislature is about to pass something to try to or they're trying to pass something to get all Division two schools in Oklahoma in one conference. Mm. So that them out of the way out of the the equation i've heard they they may be looking at the nai level uh, maybe even one team out of the american southwest conference that's been getting talks uh, for the lone star conference they're in real trouble they need some stability but it it may get worse before it gets better because you've got uh you got west texas a&m Midwestern State, Texas A&M, Kingsville, Angelo State, UT Permian Basin. Mm-hmm. All these schools now are are looking at this these moves and going, we're going to have to get on this train and quick or we're going to get left behind and, and may be in a conference that, that may not even exist in a few years. Talking with Corey Hogue, our small college insider here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation, the hashtag TF Today. All right. Corey, let's talk about that's that's all the stuff off the field. Let's talk a little bit about on the field. We're now, uh, you know, five weeks into the in, into the college football season. Um, I'm interested. You know, there are some teams that have obviously risen to the top. I don't think it's necessarily a huge surprise that Mary Harden Baylor is looking good. Although Harden Simmons certainly gave them a big surprise. Sam Houston, some of the some of the, the usual suspects. Who are the teams that have surprised you? That have risen to the top? That have that have that have overachieved your expectations uh through the first uh through the first month of the season one of them actually plays tonight if you're looking i I know you guys were going through the the uh sitting on the couch viewing schedule well there's another one tonight on espnu prairie view a and m plays arkansas pine bluff in a big swag matchup and the and the panthers have looked great they they took care of grambling last week they they've beaten their rival texas southern they're doing well in conference that's going to be an interesting one uh, I think Stephen F. Austin, that's mm-hmm. one that they continue to progress under Colby Carthel. That, it, but it's not a surprise they are. It's how well they're playing. And now they get their biggest test of the year with Sam Houston in the Battle of the Piney Woods. And, and then two, uh, in Division Two, 
let's say the the team that surprised me the most midwestern state uh they go on playing basically a neutral site game and a road game back-to-back weeks ranked teams beating both commerce and angelo that was huge howard Payne in division three mm-hmm. watch out for them they've got jason bockel who was the offensive coordinator at argyle he brought his brother in as defensive coordinator and they are just they're getting good this team is really good they went on the road and beat a solid east texas baptist team last week they're looking really solid um nai got to give texas wesleyan a shout out this this year mm-hmm. right now they're looking really good they've got a big game this week against wayland baptist and Trinity Valley in JUCO, they they've jumped up to number four after Kilgore lost last week. They that defense of Trinity Valley shut down General Booty and Tyler's nation's leading passing attack last week. So the Cardinals are really a solid team. Corey Hogue, our college football, small college football insider, joining us here on Texas Football Today. All right, Corey, there, there's a big doings down in Houston this week, uh, 4 p.m. Saturday at, uh, at at NRG Stadium in Houston. Uh, it's the number one team in FCS, the defending national champion, Sam Houston, uh, taking on their rival, uh, Stephen F. Austin, in the Battle of the Piney Woods. Um, you know, obviously, um, Sam Houston, you know, as the number one team, I think a deserved favorite in this game. But at the same time, you know, SFA under Col- Colby Carthel is 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 cooking with gas right now. Um, are, is it fair to say that we should expect a classic uh, between these two when they get together in the Battle of Piney Woods? I really, I really think so. Mm-hmm. Well, I was looking at this, trying to find a way that one team blows out the other, and I can't find it. And what also makes this even more interesting is history is being made when they kick off because it's the first time one of the two teams has held the number one ranking entering that contest. So that that's huge already. That only adds to the Lumberjacks' fire. And, and you know, I, there's a few questions I have. I know. You know, SFA's been great at forcing turnovers. They've got eight interceptions. Sam Houston's been great against the run. But I think the real pressing question is if SFA pulls off this surprise, exactly how many layers of clothes will Colby Carthel have left on mm-hmm. the field at the end? Many people are wondering. Many, many people are wondering. Uh, last question for, for our buddy Corey Hogue. Uh, Corey, I'm, I'm looking at your at your Twitter here. People can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey Hogue Sports. Uh, and, and, and I'm seeing... Um, I'm seeing your son here. I'm, I'm seeing your son, Gabe, uh, and and of course, uh, uh, playing soccer. Great, great goal, great team goal there. Um, I got to be honest. I think his celebration game is is top tier. Has this been something you guys have been working on at home, as far as the uh, the, the the celebration on the pitch? Because that that feels like an integral part of, of of what he's bringing to the pitch these days. No, no, it's not. But I couldn't be more proud. First <laughs> off, six and under soccer and he's on the outside watching everybody else do the work and then when they score the goal he goes into one of the most epic celebrations Mm -hmm. Uh, Zach Duncan told he texted me he said man this is so great because he went from airplane to windmill to the celebration it's really next level stuff I couldn't be more proud (laughs) yeah it's it's great stuff make sure you go and follow Corey on Twitter at, at Corey Hoke Sports for that kind of stuff I guess also some small college football if you're into that kind of thing but of course uh we are He's Corey Hogue, uh, our small college insider here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Corey, appreciate your time and your insights, my man, and uh, enjoy the action this weekend. Hey, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. What a great schedule. You guys have a good one. Take care, Corey. There he goes, Corey Hogue, our small college insider here on at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, joining us here on Texas Football Today. A wealth of knowledge in the small college ranks. Um, and He's one of those guys you could just listen to talk about that stuff forever. Well, it's, 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 it, there, there, are, there are real parallels 
between him and Step. Mm-hmm. A, they both work here. Obviously, <laughs> That's, okay. There's but, one, <laughs> but B, like you went to you went to 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 journalism school, right? I did. I went to journalism school. Like we are like classically trained, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Like Corey's just a grinder who's like, this is awesome, and I just really want to get into it. Yeah. And then he's just like carved out this awesome role for himself, where he yep. is like the 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 number one source of small college football in the state of Texas, which is super cool. And and he knows he knows it inside and out, so make sure you go follow him on Twitter. And then you can see his fine work at texasfootball.com. He's got a small college preview up right now if you want to see his big preview of uh, SFA and Sam Houston and all other things like that. So uh, texasfootball.com and follow him on Twitter at Corey Hogue Sports. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DZTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Remember, tonight, 7 o'clock, texanlive.com, Katie Maid Creek, Katie Cinco Ranch. <laughs> Matchup of uh, two cri- two big-time rivals in District 196A, District mm-hmm. and Katie ISD. Uh, and it'll be our buddy Trevor Biller- Bullard on the call. And on color commentary, the Duchess of the Dorks, Ashley Pickle. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Thank you. I'm glad you're excited. Are you, are you excited? Are you nervous? Oh, yeah. No. No, I'm excited. I know. You're going to do great. Thank you. All right. That's one of many, many high school football games this weekend uh, in the uh, week six of the Texas high school football season. Uh, but before we get to the picks, mm-hmm. let's do this. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is pr- proud to team up with Takis this year. Takis is the presenting sponsor of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of the future. Today's Spotlight Game of the Week features uh, uh, features the Irving MacArthur and Irving Nimitz, uh, a big game between these two, and we will be spotlighting uh, our uh, our sustainable cha- Sustainability Champion Award winner, Abigail Pinion, uh, will be spon- uh, over there at Irving MacArthur. Congratulations to her. Uh, thanks to Takis for helping to sponsor the Dave Campbell's Texas Football uh, Sustainability Champions Award, spotlighting influential kids looking to pursue a career focused on the social, environmental, and economic well-being of the future. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. Pickle, it's week six of the Texas high school football season. Kicks off at about six o'clock tonight. That's so we got about five and a half hours. We better get these picks out uh, because otherwise people are going to think that I was just like waiting till the game started before yeah, I started picking these games. Yeah, from courage to cowardly. If you didn't make your picks. Oh, okay. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> anyway, big games all across state. Here's week six of the Texas high school football season. My predictions on Texas football today. We've reached the halfway point of the 2021 Texas high school football season. That makes me feel really old. Big games across the state. These are the picks. Welcome to the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in after a wild and wacky week five of Texas high school football. We are now into week six, which is the midway point of the regular season here in 2021. And this is a bit of a strange week, okay? Admittedly, it is the big bye week. It's the idle week. Uh, a lot of teams, in fact, more than a quarter of the state is taking the week off. And so you may have to look a little deeper to find these gems, but make no mistake, there are outstanding games in every corner of the state if you look hard enough. We start in Houston. 
6 o'clock Friday night at Legacy Stadium in Katy. It is a massive 6A showdown in the Houston area as the Katy Tigers take on the Katy Tompkins Falcons. Where are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, Falcons reloaded. So Tompkins lost their superstar quarterback Jalen Milrow to Alabama due to graduation, and now they've really fallen off. Last year they averaged 37.4 points per game, and this year they're averaging 37.6 points per game. So I guess maybe they haven't fallen off. In fact, they've really kind of reloaded on the fly. New quarterback Cole Francis has been sensational. Wide receiver Josh McMillan leads a bevy of outstanding talents on the outside. There's a real argument that this Tompkins team is better and more complete than last year's team, and that's even without an SEC quarterback. Now, here's a huge test because we know what KD is about on defense. Ty Canna, their linebacker, is spectacular, and their defense has been as advertised this year. A traditional power in the Houston area. No wonder their defense has been great. So, can the reloaded Falcons step up against this ferocious Tigers defense? Key number two, Katie do what Katie do. Anybody who's watched the Katie Tigers under Gary Joseph knows exactly what kind of team they have. An awesome, really hard-nosed, terrific running team that plays great defense. And guess what? They have it again. Running back Seth Davis has been absolutely fantastic. Their offensive line is grinding opponents down. And, of course, that defense has been terrific. Now, the passing game is a work in progress, I think it's fair to say. Quarterback Caleb Coger is growing into the role. I think he's getting better with each week. He's going to need to be great against this Tompkins team to get the win. The Tompkins defense has been touched up at times, which is going to be a big challenge for them. So can this old-school, know-what-you're-getting Tigers offense get past this Tompkins defense? And key number three, receipts. Some may argue this is the only key to this game, considering Tompkins last year did the impossible. They ended Katie's 75-game district winning streak. It's the state's second longest district winning streak of all time, and they won the district. Tompkins went and took it. Now, Katie doesn't feel bad about the way that last year ended, considering they won the state championship, but at the same time, there's no doubt that this sticks in their crawl. Priority number one for every team in the state is winning their district championship. Katie did not get to do that last year. Tompkins was the reason why. Here's an opportunity to make that right, and here's an opportunity for Tompkins to prove it wasn't a fluke. So, can Katie hand Tompkins a receipt? Who am I picking? I'm going with Katie. I think that the Tigers have to be the favorite in this one because of the way that their defense has been playing. I have a couple of concerns about the Tompkins defense at times, and I think that that might be the difference in what figures to be a very tight game. I think I want to see if quarterback Caleb Coger for Katie can hit a couple plays over the top. I think that's a critical matchup in this one. And furthermore, how does this Tompkins front get pressure in the backfield? Can they get past that outstanding Katie offensive line? You know, for Tompkins, uh, there's absolutely a way for them to win this because they've proven they can. They've proven that they can beat Katie at their own game. I think that this is a game that Katie wants to get keep in the low scoring. I don't think they're, they're built to score with Tompkins. Tompkins would prefer to get into a shootout. But in the end, I trust Gary Joseph to get it done. I think Katie comes home with a win. Let's go up north, 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Cardinal Field in Melissa. It's a 4A Division I showdown between the Argyle Eagles and the Melissa Cardinals. Where are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, Argyle's different pattern. Get it? Argyle? pattern. I write this thing down. This is not the same Argyle teams it was last year. I think that that state champion team was one of the most explosive Argyle teams we've seen under Coach Todd Rogers. I think that this is a lot more like the normal 
Argyle team that we've come to expect under Coach Todd Rogers, which is hard-nosed running game with Landon Ferris and Peyton Shoemake behind a big offensive line led by Sheridan Wilson, and a quarterback in Jacob Robinson who is good, but is maybe not the centerpiece of the offense, if that makes sense. This is a much more balanced, hard-nosed, maybe plodding Argyle team that I think may be a bit different than people expect if the last time you saw them was in the 2020 state championship game. But Argyle's won titles like that, and Argyle looks like the best team in 4A Division I by playing that style of football. Now, can the Melissa defense find a way to slow down this kind of newish look Argyle offense? I think that's the big key in this one. Can this new look Argyle team get past their district rival? Key number two, Cardinals tempo. There's no real secret as to what Melissa wants to do in this game. They want to get up and run. Their offense is the strength of this team. Quarterback Sam Fennigan is awesome. And wide receiver Javon Smith, an outstanding running back in Ashton Mitchell-Johnson. This team is explosive and is probably the most explosive team that Argyle has faced this year, which provides an interesting challenge to Jet Copeland and this Argyle defense, which has been mostly very, very good. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. Is Can Melissa dictate the pace of this game. Can they get the tempo up, get the number of possessions up, because the higher scoring game probably benefits Melissa. So, at what tempo is this game played? In key number three, one-way traffic. Argyle's never lost to Melissa. Plain and simple. Argyle is 5-0 all-time against the Cardinals, and they haven't been particularly close. Argyle has, in many ways, dominated Melissa. The average margin of victory in those five games, 27 points. Argyle's not messing around in this one, and the Cardinals have simply not been able to match up with Argyle in the past. Now look, every year is different, and Melissa certainly has one of the most explosive offenses in all of 4A Division I, but make no mistake, if history is any guide, Argyle's not just the favorite in this one, they're a prohibitive favorite. So can Melissa flip the script, or will history continue to dictate the future? Who am I picking? I'm going with Argyle. Plain and simple, I think their offensive line wins this game. That's it. I think that the offensive line for Argyle is probably the best in 4A Division I, and that is going to lead them to a victory in this one. Sheridan Wilson and company plowing the road for Landon Ferris and Peyton Shoemake and giving Jacob Robinson, their quarterback, time to throw. Furthermore, I think this Argyle defense, while it has not faced an explosive offense like they're going to see from Melissa, I do think that they're going to be able to come up with a number of stops. For Melissa, the name of the game is to win the turnover battle, and to get this score up, up, up. I think Melissa wants to play this game into the 30s or maybe even the 40s, while Argyle is happy to play this game in the 20s. That's where this game is going to end up, is what does the tempo in this look like? Now look, Melissa certainly wants to get Argyle, and an opportunity to get them at home would be a huge feather in the cap for this Cardinals program. But I think Argyle is the number one team in 4A Division I. Nothing has swayed me from that, and I think the Eagles come home with a critical district win. 7 o'clock Friday night at Planet Ford Stadium in spring live on TexanLive.com. It's a District 14-6A showdown between the Spring Lions and the Spring Westfield Mustangs. And look, this is a game that last year spring won on a last second Hail Mary, and I would not expect anything but this type of excitement heading into this matchup of state-ranked 6A squads. All eyes, I think, are going to be on the quarterback matchup here, spring quarterback Bishop Davenport and Westfield quarterback Cardell Williams, but I actually think that this has a chance to be a low-scoring slugfest, simply because these defenses are so good with spring linebacker Braylon Jones and this ferocious front from Westfield led by defensive lineman A.J. Holmes. Uh, I think that this is going to be 
lower scoring than maybe you would anticipate considering the weaponry on the field. But I think this game is going to be a lot of fun. I give a very slight edge to Spring. 7 o'clock Friday night at Rattler Stadium in Toler. It is a two-way clash between the Crawford Pirates and the Toler Rattlers. Now, Crawford has absolutely obliterated their non-district opponents, uh, outscoring them to the tune of 173-18, to thanks in large part to a ferocious defense led by Breck Chambers and Ty Williams, who are also their running back and quarterback because... 2A. Uh, meanwhile, on the Toller side, this offense has really woken up, thanks in large part to a freshman running back, Peyton Brown, who has helped carry the load along with senior Joseph Arce on the running game. So this is going to be a big test for them against what has been an outstanding Crawford defense. The other side is interesting as well, because I want to see if this Crawford offense can get going against a Toller defense that has been good, but maybe not as dominant as Crawford. Really interested in this one, especially a road test for Crawford, but I do think the Pirates get the win. And 7 o'clock Thursday night at Keller ISD Athletic Complex. It's a 6A clash between the South Lake Carroll Dragons and the Keller Indians. And what a story Keller is. 5-0 for the first time since 1967. Unbelievable. Coach Carl Stralo is a defensive guy, and that shows. This defense has been fantastic, allowing just 8 points per game with star safety Zach O'Day. But here comes not just a test but the test in number three ranked Southlake Carroll because this team is rolling right now. New quarterback Caden Anderson has not skipped a beat. Running back Owen Allen is the most underrated running back in the state, I think. This team is absolutely flying. I think this is the biggest game for Keller High in 20 years, maybe. And I think it's going to be rocking out there. Keller ISD Athletic Complex on Thursday night. I think the Indians have a great shot to win this game if they can keep this score low, force a couple of turnovers. But in the end, I do give the edge to Southlake Carroll. But those are far from the only big games in week six of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. I'm going with Pflugerville Weiss over surprising Austin Anderson. Give me Rockport Fulton to stay perfect with a win over Sinton. And AM Consolidated takes down Huntsville. I like Van over Texarkana Liberty Ilo. Give me Marion to take down Jurdenton. And keep an eye on New Waverly. I think they beat Warren. Bunch of great games out west. I like Canadian over Spearman in a game we didn't get last year. Give me Fort Stockton to take down Crane. And I'm going to go with Vega bounce back with a win over Clarendon. Harlingen beats rival Harlingen South. San Antonio Reagan takes down San Antonio Madison, and I'm going with Gunner to beat Bells. Cameron Yo wins the Battle of the Bell over Rockdale. Give me Midland Greenwood to take down Graham, and if you like running games, you will love Shiner and Wall. Give me the Comanches. I'm going with Midland Legacy over Abilene. Give me El Paso Eastwood to take down El Paso Franklin. And in a battle of unbeatens in the Houston area, I like Houston C.E. King over Humble Summer Creek. I like Tenaha to get past Colm's deal and give me Wolfer's friendship to keep it rolling with a win over Odessa Permian. Killeen Harker Heights takes down Temple in our six-man game of the week. It's a battle of unbeatens. I like Throckmorton over Rule. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games I leave out? Comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week six of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, the picks, my high school football predictions for week six of the Texas high school football season, the midway point of the regular season. Of course, as always, I guarantee I got at least one of those right, so we'll see. I guess we'll just have to count up next week. I don't keep track of how well I do on those. Yeah, that, that's a lot to keep track of. I'm yes. not going to lie. I thought about doing it, and it's like... I would bet that I'm shooting about 75%. That's my, that's my guess. Okay. About 75%.
We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. Let me get the glare off of Vince's trophy. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Different kind of glare. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> Instagram.com slash Dave Camels. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. It's time to wrap up the show by talking a little college football with our burning questions. We're in week five of the college football season. We're going to break down the biggest games here in the state by answering some burning questions. Pickle, what are we starting with? How about we start with our uh, small school game of the week. What percentage chance do you give Stephen F. Austin to knock off the number one team in the nation in Sam Houston? That's 4 p.m. on Saturday. So we just talked with uh, Corey Hogue, our college football insider about this, uh, our small college football insider about this. And and I tend to agree with him that I think this game's really close. It's razor razor thin margin. And even though Sam Houston is the understandable number one team in the nation, I think they can I think they can be beat. And, and, and I think that the way that Colby Carthel has this SFA team rolling right now. There's every reason to believe that they can challenge them. The offense with Trey Self and company has has kind of stepped up in a way that, you know, for Sam Houston, their defense, I think, is still a work in progress a little bit. But the question for SFA is going to be stops. Can they come up with stops against Eric Schmidt and company for this high-powered Bearcats attack? I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's in. I think we're in for a really tight one. Oh yeah. Uh, as far as percentage chance, I will give. I think. I mean, it's not like it's not like ten percent. I think it's like forty percent. I okay. think Sam Houston is an understandable favorite in this one. Uh, but I think it's. I think it's closer than even like. There's been some lines maker. Some odds makers have made, have installed. Sam Houston is like a fourteen point favorite. I think that's overcooking it. I think this game's close. I think it's. I, I think that this, I think Sam Houston wins. I think this game is close. I'm going to give C- SFA uh, about a forty percent chance of winning the Battle of the Piney Woods. I like it. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we go to some Conference USA action here. Old Dominion at UTEP, 8 p.m. on Saturday. The Miners, what's the key matchup for UTEP to move into 4-1? and Real easy here, okay? Real easy. Stop the run. Stop the run. That's the whole ball game here, okay? Mm -hmm. Old Dominion is one of the very worst passing teams in the nation. It's bad. Very, very, very bad at passing the ball. They are extremely reliant on on running the ball. If they don't run the ball, they're not going to score. Like, they're not going to move because their passing attack is that bad. They've got, for for UTEP, they've got to stop the run. If they stop the run, everything else is going to come away from it. And I know that that sounds like an old school, like, coach speak type thing. Like, oh, we got to stop the run and, 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 and run the ball ourselves. It's not that. It's that this matchup really comes down to whether or not Old Dominion's able to run the ball. If they're able to run the ball, then they can give UTEP a lot of trouble. If they are not able to run the ball, they don't really have a plan B. No. ODU doesn't have a, a plan B, uh, like, passing the ball. So if you are UTEP, you number one priority is 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 gap integrity. It is making sure that you are sound in your run fits and making sure you are able to stop the the Lions attack on the ground or the Monarchs attack rather on and the ground. And go out and win two at home. Well, that's, that's huge. Too. Yeah, you, you know, a, a night game, another night rolling. game at the Sun Bowl. Keep the momentum going. Keep the excitement going. Move to four and one. I think that if you are UTEP, you start out strong. And especially another thing for UTEP. Because of the way that ODU is built, they are not built to chase. They are not built to no. score quickly. They're not built to play from behind. If you jump out to a 10-0 lead, that might be enough to just like hold them at arm's length the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. So starting fast, which has not been a huge hallmark of, of UTEP this year, start fast and stop the run, and you'll be 4-1. Hey, that kind of rhymed. What's next? <laughs> Some words rhyme. Up next, we've got a top 25 mm-hmm. matchup. Number 21, Baylor, taking on number 19, Oklahoma State, 6 p.m. on Saturday. Which undefeated team are you buying, the Bears or the Cowboys? And, and this is kind of the big question in this one because I think both these teams are kind of 
nationally ranked because because someone has to be ranked. Yes. I mean, I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. They're both 4-0, right? Like, they're both undefeated. But like, I don't know if anybody's necessarily going gaga over either of these teams, and they're just like, oh, you're 4-1, we'll rank you, right? And so, and I think that especially holds true for Oklahoma State, who doesn't really have a signature win. I mean, they beat Boise State, but this is not that vintage Boise State team. No. Um, I think Spencer Sanders has regressed significantly at the quarterback spot. They are very much reliant on playing low-scoring slugfests, and their mm-hmm. defense has, has stepped up in a big way. <laughs> you know, for Baylor, they have the best win of the bunch, beating Iowa State last week, but they don't have – I mean, let's be real. Their one road win was on the road at Texas State. That is a win that has not aged well, right? I mean, they struggled with Texas State. Uh, now they're growing as the season has gone on. This is a really important test to prove that you can go on the road and beat what we think is a quality team. Mm-hmm. But I also think that there's an oppor- – I think there's a chance – I'm going to make some headlines here. I think there's a chance Oklahoma State's just a fraud. Like, I yep. think there's a chance that Oklahoma State's not actually all that good and that they're just a product of some of some savvy scheduling. I don't think they're getting good quarterback play. I think that defense hasn't necessarily been tested in a way that they may be tested this week against that kind of wide zone scheme from uh, from Baylor that is, is picking up steam. So if I'm buying one of them, I'm buying Baylor. But it, we'll this certainly is a data find, game where you finally oh, get some actual data on both we'll, of these We'll teams. find out in a hurry which one of these teams is for real. And maybe it's Oklahoma State. And maybe they go out there and they trounce Baylor and it looks like, and, and, and I look really stupid for saying it but at the same time i look at oklahoma state i look at their record and i'm like you're the 19th best team in the country really like yeah i don't know about that what's next pickle up next another game that uh needs to be won here for a texas team mississippi state at number 15 texas a&m 6 p.m on saturday will the a&m offense wake up against a mediocre mississippi defense uh, kind of better, right? Uh, this is a Mississippi State defense that I would categorize as fair. Yeah. I would categorize as in the middle of the pack of the SEC. They're not terrible. Mizzou is a terrible SEC <laughs> defense. Vanderbilt is a terrible SEC yeah. defense. They're on the upper they're side not, of bad. They're not, a, they're not a terrible SEC defense. They're a fair SEC defense. But, you know, last week I think there's a fair argument that, that if you want to say Arkansas is a good SEC defense, I think there's an argument for that. Um, and if you want to give some credit to them that they bully balled uh you know AM's offense that's fair AM probably better wake up in this one like this offense needs to prove that they can move the ball against a team that is 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 in their weight class right mm-hmm. because right now they have the the offense has looked good basically in two games both against um, G5 opponents, mm-hmm. both of them at home. Kent State and uh, and and then they beat who was the other team? Oh, uh, New Mexico, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in their two games against teams that I get that uh, let's just put it this way: in their two games against Power Five opponents, the offenses looked terrible. Mm-hmm. The offenses scored, I think, a grand total of 20 points. Yep. In two games, yep, not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. So the offense better wake up. And this is the opportunity to do it against a defense that is not good. Like, they're, they're, they're fair. And they're much better defenses down the road. So if A&M's serious about contending in the SEC West, they got to wake up in this one. And I think you need to see some growth from Zach Calzada. I think they got to get that running game going because the middle of that offensive line is struggling. They're riding the struggle bus mm-hmm. right now. And if they can't compete against Arkansas last week and Mississippi State, then you don't then even want to really, see the murder that's going to happen when Alabama comes. We you know? really start asking questions about next week when Alabama rolls into town. We really start asking questions. What's next, Pickle? Up next, how about another Conference USA matchup? Southern Miss at Rice, 5.30 on Saturday. Is there suddenly a reason for concern about Rice's defense? 
Yes. So last week, like... last week was very concerning. Uh, they got torched by Texas Southern. Um, a program uh, that now, doesn't win. That hasn't won a game since 2018. Um, now, again, there is a. They, they kind of surprised everybody by rolling our buddy Andrew Body out there to start. Texas Southern did. Mm -hmm. And he looked great. He threw for over 300 yards and stuff like that. For all the talk we've had about, Bay, uh, about, um, about Rice, the concerns have been on the offensive side, especially at quarterback, right? Um, well, and it's, I guess it's, cause it's just kind of like you plug one leak, you see another leak, because maybe they figured out the quarterback spot. Maybe Jake Constantine is the guy at the quarterback spot. But now they've got concerns on the defense because they got torched last week. Now I think again a charitable reading would be that you look at that they were not they were not game plan for Andrew Body and they got surprised uh, and and they did, were not able to adjust and they ended up giving up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points. They won. Mm -hmm. Southern Miss is a bad offense. Um, this should not be, and they're not a they're not a dynamic offense. They're not an offense that's changing that's throw, rolling out rolling out a lot of con, uh, you know complex schemes. Uh, Rice needs to, to, this is a retrenching game for the Rice defense. And I think maybe a proof of concept game for Jake Constantine in this Rice offense. So a lot to learn here. Is there suddenly reason for concern? I'm holding off for now. I'm willing to give them an excuse for last week because of the changing quarterback situation. But if they don't this week, the, if, if, they start, if they start yeah. getting torched by the Golden Eagles, then, then there's big reason for concern. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we're sticking with Conference USA here, but UNLV at UTSA, 5 p.m. on Saturday. This one on ESPN Plus. Make a play on the line. UTSA is favored by 21. So, so we're bringing back free money. Um, <laughs> no, no, actually, we're not. <laughs> this is a tough line. It because is because, like, first of all, it's it's obviously around like like. 42-21 is a butt-kicking that's also a push, right? Yep. So you're asking them to go out there and trounce UNLV. Mm -hmm. Now, UNLV is bad. UNLV yes. is V-bad. Uh, they are they are, they are the, probably, the, you know, they're one of the worst teams uh, out there, there in the Mountain West. Um, this is a really intriguing line, but UTSA is coming home. They're coming off of a really resounding and I think like uplifting win that's going to have the Alamo Dome rock in at five o'clock. And five o'clock gives enough time for people to um, get rowdy before them, uh, before the game. Um, the only question, like UTSA is going to win. The only question for me is how long they keep their foot on the gas. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If they, if they were to play four quarters, full throttle, keep your starters in the whole time, I'd feel very comfortable with UTSA minus 21. For now, I'm going to take UNLV plus 21. Uh, it's hard to, to ask a team to beat a team by more than three touchdowns. So I'm going to get UNLV plus 21. Uh, I just think that's that like that's just asking a lot of a team that's probably going to get up by 28 points and then pull everybody. Yeah, especially because it's, not a, ends up it's being, not a conference game. You're right. going to take – Sincere McCormick probably shouldn't be in until the end of the fourth quarter. This strikes me as a game that is 30. 38 to 10 in the third quarter, and then they pull their starters, and this game ends 38-24. Yep. You know what I mean? And so as a result, it ends like that. So I'm going to go UNLV plus 21. Not because I don't think UTSA is the better team. They're going to win this game. But I think that just because of the, 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 the breadth of the line. Mm -hmm. What's next? Up next, South Florida at SMU, <laughs> 3 p.m. on a Saturday. So 
You think SMU pre-planned planting the flag at TCU? So that's the big topic of conversation. And, and look, we, we should mention like SMU is, is playing South Florida. South Florida is very bad and SMU should not have a problem with this. This should not be an interesting game. Uh, unless you're an SMU fan, then then watch it, have fun, enjoy yourself. But I just don't, I don't perceive this being an interesting game. And so as a result, we figure we're talking about the big controversy. So, so TCU coach Gary Patterson is more or less like accused SMU of, of pre-planning and, and, and going out there and, and starting a fracas and knowing what they were going to do by, mm -hmm. by going out there and planting the flag. Do I think they pre-planned it? I don't know. I, I don't know if it was like a whole, like, let's have a meeting about it, but I'm sure that like, it was in the back of people's minds of saying, as that game, as the game was winding down, it was clear SMU was going to beat TCU for the skillet. I think it was clear, like somebody was probably had an idea of like, I'm gonna go grab that flag and plant it at midfield. Like, was it pre-planned? I don't know. Uh, but I think it was something that like they, it didn't spawn out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody's probably got to cool out. I think that everybody's a little bit like upset. Like everyone's a little bit in their feelings about a rivalry game. Um, I don't know. I, I thought I I think I think it's fun whenever there's that, that kind of passion oh, yeah. in a rivalry. So especially when it was amped up before the game. Yeah, because all the trash talking. Yeah. Um, you know, look. I think I think SMU won the game. I think that they uh, had you know. If you win the game, you get to do what you want. If you don't want to play a flag in midfield, beat them. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we've got Tech at West Virginia, a Big 12 matchup on Saturday at 2.30. How does Tech's offense change with Henry yeah. Columbia in at quarterback? Mm -hmm. Tyler Shuck, of course, getting injured. Yeah, Tyler Shuck out until at least November, middle of November with a broken collarbone. Um, and so we are matriculating over to Henry Columbia, taking over at the quarterback spot. Um, Henry Columbia is a different quarterback than Tyler Shuck. I think he's got a bigger arm in the sense that I think they're going to be able to stretch the field a little bit longer, a little bit farther. Uh, the question for them is going to be, do they have the receivers like Eric Enzukanma and, and stuff like that to be able to stretch the field? Uh, West Virginia's defense looked awful good last week against Spencer Rattler, who may be overrated, and that Oklahoma team who may be overrated. But they, you know, this is this is going to be different. And, and for Henry Columbia, who I think looked pretty good when he came in against uh, against West or Texas last week. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of that was in garbage time, but they were right. able to stretch the field a little bit. And so that's going to be a big question. Are they able to stretch the field? Now, with Columbia, you are also sacrificing a little bit of... Um, you're sacrificing a little bit of the, the, the accuracy and mm -hmm. a little bit of the, the sure, like, knowing where the ball is going. Columbia can get a little bit loose with the football. Now, Shuck could, too. So I think maybe you're adding a little bit of depth, uh, deep deep shot potential to this offense by bringing in Columbia. But after you get a 70-burger hung on you, I feel like any anything can You just got to have the, I mean, point. look, the, the offense won the problem last week. No, the offense won wasn't. the problem last week, especially after Columbia came in. So uh, I think that hopefully, you know, we'll see if they can bounce back on the road in Morgan town what's next pickle up next sticking with the big 12 here texas at tcu 11 a.m on a saturday is tcu's defense actually bad or is it just off to a poor start yeah and that's kind of the real that's the 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 dollars question uh for tcu because i do think that this offense is pretty good um, I think that Max Duggan and Zach Evans and, and the guys that they've got... Uh, they can I, do what they need they to can do. do. I, think, I think there's a fair argument that this is the second best offense TCU's had, uh, the first being under Javon Boykin. Mm -hmm. I think this offense is good, but their defense got absolutely taken apart last week and, and it's and it got remember it got taken apart by Cal as well mm -hmm. um, now I think that they are missing 
um, Ardarius Washington and uh, uh, Trevon Morig in, in, in the backfield at the secondary spots. And I think that, that is, I think that they're going through some real-time growing pains at the safety spot. Mm-hmm. Can they get better? Yeah, and I think that, that Gary Patterson's going to coach them up. We'll find out this week because this is a hot Texas offense that's coming off of really feeling very good against Tech. Mm-hmm. They've got to figure it out. And, and so for TCU, we'll really find out this week because if they go out and they give up 56 – uh, to, to Texas, then I think we have our answer. And now, they can still grow over the course of the season, but the season may be lost by then. And it's very telling with TCU when they don't have a good defense. Historically, the whole program, it just oh, no, they're does a not def- excel. They're a defense-first program. Gary Patterson program. is defense. If they, if they have a good defense, they're a contender. If they have a mediocre to poor defense, they are not a contender. That's the bottom line of it. What's next, Pickle? And finally, we go Houston at Tulsa. This one, a Friday night game at 6.30. Can Houston be an AAC contender if the passing offense is only okay? And that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, I think that over the course, through the course of the first few weeks of the season, we've found that the passing attack for for Houston is kind of average. It's okay. Like, it's not great. And that's uh, kind of in stark contrast to what it's been traditionally uh, over the course of Houston's history and also under Dana Holgerson. They've been a more uh, aggressive passing team. Uh, Now, they can run the ball. And they're running the ball actually relatively effectively. Uh, the question is, is that going to be enough? I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I don't think, like, it depends on, like, if they're going to be an AAC contender, I think no. I think eventually you're going to have to get get up, get up that offense, that passing attack from a mediocre with Clayton Tune and company, from mediocre to above average. Mm-hmm. That's where it's got to be. It's got to be pretty good. you got to have a pretty good passing attack to contend in the AAC. But we'll kind of find out, right? They go on the road to Tulsa. Tulsa's a favorite in this game. Tulsa's playing pretty well. Remember, Tulsa went to uh, Ohio State and gave them a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a really intriguing matchup, and a Tulsa defense that can give people trouble, especially running the ball. So I think that for Clayton Tune and company, the off- passing attack has got to wake up in this one. Uh, really intriguing matchup on a, thir- on a Friday night uh, tomorrow on ESPN. And, and I'm very intrigued to see what we see from this passing attack uh, mm-hmm. because I do believe that Houston has got to get more than they're getting now out of Clayton Tune and company if they're going to be a true contender for an AAC, for any sort of contention in the AAC. So there it is, our burning questions for week five of the college football season. We'll answer these on Tuesday. And now let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. I got to get on the road. <laughs> That's it. It's going to do it for us. <laughs> Tune into Texan Live tonight, uh, 7 o'clock, Katie Maid Creek versus Katie. Who are they playing? Cinco Ranch. Cinco Ranch. Thank you. Uh, you were printing off your board. you want to show off your boards? Oh, they're right there. They're right hey, go there. Hold on. Oh, I'll, I'll vamp while she's oh, grabbing her, 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 her announcer boards. Uh, but yeah, so make sure you tune in TexanLive.com tonight uh, to watch uh, tre- uh, Trevor Bullard and Ashley Pickle with these announcer boards. Yeah, awesome. Um, Going to be very cool. Uh, so good luck tonight, Pickle. Thank you. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebookcom Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagramcom Campbells. and of course see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Corey Hogue, our small college football insider, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please. Your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.